Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on any matchup. So right now, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York... Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, must be 21 or older in eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Hopefully everyone's having a good uh, Thursday. And we are recording this, I would say, well after the news came out today about Deshaun Watson. Shoulder injury out for the year. We will dive into how that impacts Watson, the Browns, and how the Houston Texans made out like bandits, as well as going around the league and a rumor about Chip Kelly being fired, what UCLA should do after they uh, rid themselves of Chip Kelly. Because I think I would agree if that's their move. And time to move on. 
So uh, we will talk some football as well as the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs as well as check out the YouTube channel. We got a YouTube channel specifically, just all of our content. Uh, we're going to have everything I do here, a bunch of golf stuff up there, um, a supplement other golf video. We're going to have a lot going on on that channel. So uh, make sure you subscribe to that. If you're listening on Collins feed, subscribe to Three and Out Podcast. Appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate all you guys telling people about the podcast, spreading the news. Uh, many of you have been around for a long time and doing that. My day one, so I, I appreciate everybody here listening. And uh, just excited to talk football. It's a fun time of year, right around Thanksgiving. Time to get fat, eat turkey, and watch ball. I mean, it's, uh, we got it's a great time. I mean, there's some great games. Next week's going to be fantastic. I mean, Monday night, Eagles-Chiefs. Thursday night, Niners-Seattle. Saturday, Harbaugh. Maybe not Harbaugh, but Ohio State-Michigan. And then, uh, I haven't even looked at this late next Sunday. I mean, I'm skipping this Sunday because I'm already so excited about next Sunday. But we can't ever do that because we have to enjoy football while it's here. It disappears for so long and then we we miss it so much. And when we got it, and part of football, it's like, you know this whenever you, you know, your team wins and they interview your quarterback or your coach. They're like, we're just, you know, it's a big win, but we're just looking forward to uh, playing Houston next week. Or, you know, we're just looking forward to uh, playing the Oregon Ducks next week. It's like, hey, you just, you're always talking about the next week. And then all of a sudden football's just over. You're like, God, I miss all those weeks. So let's talk some ball. We will uh, tell you about a friend, a very good friend of mine. Grab your smartphone, and when you grab your smartphone, go to your app store. And when you go to your app store, download the official ticketing app of this podcast. They go by game time. And let me tell you, I I hadn't been to a hockey game ever. Went to a hockey game this year. Hadn't been to a concert in a long, long time. Went to a concert this year. Hadn't been to a... uh, Spring training game ever in my life. Went to a spring training game. I did it all because of game time. Anything you want to go to, any sporting event, college, pro, concerts, comedy shows, they have you covered. Download the game time app. Promo code John. Promo code John. When you use the promo code John, you get $20 off your first pair of tickets. Saving you money. These inflationary times. Is it transitory? Is it not? I don't know. I'm not an economic uh, advisor here. But I do know if you want to save 20 bucks. Just use game time, promo code John, save yourself $20. I don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Game time, promo code John. Deshaun Watson. The overall headline, absolutely devastating. You lose your starting quarterback, coming off easily his best half of football, helping you get a massive, massive win against a rival of yours, the Baltimore Ravens. You're 6-3. and three. You have one of the best defenses in recent memory, You look like you got a chance, and we've been saying this from day one with this team. They do not need Mahomes or Allen. Obviously, they'd love that. But if Deshaun Watson just plays like a solid player, this team can make serious noise. They can win a ton of games in January. They can give everyone in the AFC a run for their money. They would be a Super Bowl contender with solid quarterback play. They cannot get that at a DTR who they're starting this week. P.J. Walker does not bring that to the table. Deshaun hadn't brought it to the table, but having shown signs of life last week, you went, that's all you need. Just a guy to play under control, good football, give you some explosive plays. We can beat anybody. And then the news is broken this morning. I'm getting out of bed at like 6.30 a.m. and look down and see the Browns tweeted it out. 
Deshaun Watson out for the year. And my first thought was, adios year. And let's start with Watson, who orchestrated a trade, demanded a trade, as all of Texas, uh, every Texas masseuse was coming after him for who knows what. It was ugly. It was a PR nightmare for the guy. It's something that, let's face it, is going to follow him the rest of his life. When you get involved in something like that, uh, you, you don't shake it. Not that many women alleging that much stuff. And it was ugly. He had been playing like shit. He was owed a ton of money. Kind of become a laughingstock. And for the first time since the trade, he kind of had some credibility back. He looked really good. Made winning plays. Helped them beat Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. Doesn't get any bigger than that if you're the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson, given the division you're in, given who you're chasing, given what you're trying to do in the AFC. And then two days later, and let's face it, it's been a weird season. This shoulder injury uh, had just had an ankle injury, potential concussion, but didn't have a concussion. The injury stuff with Deshaun, it was hard to kind of figure out what was going on. The team and him never felt like they were on the same page. Watching today, and I watched a little bit of that press conference, he's in tears, basically. It sucks for him, and it definitely sucks for the team. But I think big picture, this is a guy that hasn't played that much football. 2021, did not play a game. Last year, because of the suspension, six games. This year, because of injuries, only had played six games. So he'll have played in the last three years going into 2024, 12 football games. 12 football games. You play more games than that if you play it like Boise State or Fresno State in a given season. So the rust situation is going to be a massive question mark next year. And let's face it, when the Browns traded for him, I didn't think of him as like an injury-riddled player, but he had torn an ACL on both knees, one in college, one in the pros. Now he has major shoulder injury. Uh, This is a player now that we have to look at when it comes to availability separate from all the -the off-the-field stuff, and separate from whether he's playing well or not, can he just be on the field? And I think it's a major question mark. To me, he's an injury red flag moving forward until he plays several seasons and doesn't miss any time. And part of playing that position, let's face it, is availability. When I turn on the Chiefs, who's fucking there? Every single time. Jalen Hurts is like, he's gimping around, but he's always available. Dak Prescott, you better break his ankle He ain't missing games. Obviously, the generation that I grew up on, Brady, Manning, Drew Brees. I mean, these guys, part of what led to their Hall of Fame careers, go to their NFL.com pages. It's a lot of 16 starts, 16 games played every single season. And part of the the deal is, at this position, and we'll get in from the Brown standpoint, when you're making this much money, I need to be able to count on you. I, I do. And listen, no player that's good or is making they don't want to get hurt. I'm not blaming him for getting injured, but it's a huge part, and I've been part of these discussions and free agent meetings and trade meetings. Hell, even when I was in recruiting in high school, injury history, and you never know. If we had a crystal ball, no one would ever miss on a player, but that's not the case here. And now we know, and the Browns are in bed with this guy financially for years to come. So he is, I, I really don't think anything changed from last year to this year, and now heading into next year. He's one of the biggest question marks in the National Football League. And then from the Browns' perspective, I've been hammering this home for a while once I dove into their numbers. It had to be this year. It had to be this year. 
if he's never going to be a superstar player again. And let's face it, that was very much up and down, even with the performance in the second half last week. And this year, his cap hit was $19 million. So when you watch the Browns and all the talent on their team, you go, God, they're stacked. Well, of course they are. They're not paying their quarterback very much money. His cap hit is tiny. Well, next year, that number goes from 19 to 63. For the next three years, 2024, 2025, and 2026, Deshaun Watson's cap hit is $63 million. But who cares about 25 or 26? Just think about next year. You're going to lose $43 million in cap space. Now, obviously, the cap goes up a little bit, but not relative to that much money. Some of these players who are really good on your team are not going to be on it in 2024. So that gets back to Deshaun Watson. The pressure on him next year, he can't just be a middle-of-the-road guy. They're going to need him to be a top-10 guy if they want to maintain this level of play because their defense isn't going to be a stack. Not the case. They, they don't have the cap space. So, like, Miles Garrett's not going anywhere. But, like, is Amari Cooper on the team next year? Are they going to be able to keep both the defensive backs forever? Right? <laughs> I don't know. It, it gets very, very difficult as time goes on and your cap hit comes up. Do you think the Chiefs wanted to trade Tyreek Hill? Do you think when they see Tyreek Hill the last couple years, what he's doing, they go, we never thought this. We, we, we thought he sucked now. Of course not. They had to make a financial decision. Why? Because Mahomes' cap hit gets a lot larger. So you can't pay everyone. You need to restock with younger players. Well, we'll get into the younger players. They don't have their pick. So let's face it. The Browns went all in. Last year, he could barely play. They missed the playoffs. This year, they needed it to be good. And it was going well. It had been weird how they got there. But they were 6-3, and three, trending the right way. I probably, you know, if this news had not come out, probably would have picked them this week against the Steelers. You'd be like, God, you're going to be 7-3. and three. You're trending in the right way. You just beat the Ravens and the Steelers. You got at Denver coming up, at the Rams, the Jags, the Bears, at Houston, the Jets, the Bengals. Like, is this an 11-win team? Now I look at a lot of these games like at Denver. Am I picking the Browns with DTR? DTR was a cute story in the preseason, and then we watched him play a regular season game. The preseason and the regular season don't parallel each other at all. And at the Rams, okay, you can win that game. The Jags, like, I'm not picking you with DTR or P.J. Walker to win that game. Not saying you can't. You beat the Niners with P.J. Walker. Easily could have lost. And I, I think now, can they win four of their last seven games? I don't know. I guess they have, I guess they have ten more games. So can they win four of their last ten and go four and six? I, I guess it's on the table, right? If you're six and three, you get, uh, not excuse me, not ten games, eight games. So can you go four and four? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Steelers, I got you as an L. Denver, I'm going to pick the Broncos. Rams, give you that. The Jags, L. Bears, win. At Houston, L. And then the Jets and the Bengals. So we, as you see, like, games that, be like, oh, the Jets with Sean Watson, you're going to win that game. At home? I, I don't know. I, I just don't. And let's face it. When Deshaun requested a trade, so it wasn't like they just traded Deshaun Watson. And anytime I was, I've been thinking a lot about this, because I was listening to Coward talk about these veteran quarterbacks. It's one thing when you hit free agency. Like when Peyton Manning hit free agency, his back was all fucked up. Right? Drew Brees, once upon a time, hit free agency. He, he had an injured shoulder. Right? Cousins, it's the Redskins. They didn't know what they were doing. Look at, why did Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, the two guys this year that hit free agency, got a lot of money? They're not any good anymore. Most teams don't trade sweet quarterbacks. Right? We're like, Russell Wilson got traded? Well... Seattle had shorted him. They didn't think he could play anymore. 
Now, he looked good the last couple weeks, but he hadn't been very good for a while. Matt Stafford, the Lions, literally just wanted to blow it up. And Matt Stafford essentially kind of requested a trade. So a lot of times when a guy gets traded, he's either requesting a trade or the guy's available for a reason. And let's face it, everything going on with Houston, like it was time, just go your separate ways, get out of business with this guy. They won. And let's face it, they kind of hit a home run. Because part of getting rid of Deshaun Watson helped them really suck, which led to C.J. Stroud. But it wasn't just C.J. Stroud. Here's what their haul that the Houston Texans got. Because they got three first-round picks and several middle-of-the-round picks. In 2022, they drafted Kenyon Green, who started 14 games his rookie year, was up and down, was scheduled to start again this year, hurt his shoulder on injured reserve, they feel pretty confident from texting around with some people in 2024. It's going to be a big year for him, but he should be the starter. Will Anderson this year. They technically had the 12th pick. They traded up to get Will Anderson, who plans on being a building block for this franchise for years to come. Damian Pierce, a running back in the fourth round in 2022. 1,200 career yards, five career touchdowns, and has started every game he's played in. Tank Dell. This year in the third round. He has 34 catches and five touchdowns. Newsflash. Guy's fucking sweet. That's a good draft pick. I also think you have to factor in C.J. Stroud, like I said, because they sucked partly because they didn't have a quarterback. And they reset the whole thing. So it led them to that. And then you have to factor in now, because it looked like could the Browns win like 12 games. Well, the Browns aren't winning 12 games anymore. At best, they're winning 10. Who knows? Maybe they go like 2-6 and down the stretch. This is a pretty big gut punch. Well, you have their first-round pick as well this year and a fourth-rounder. So the Houston Texans, this is one of the greatest trades in the history of the league because you also have to factor in, you could argue in all of sports, what the guy does on the other side. He got a contract. No one's ever getting a fully guaranteed contract ever again. And this is a great example. $230 million for a guy who now has a broken shoulder and was suspended. You're just never seeing this again. It's never happening. And it was never happening before him. It's never happening after him. Because in the sport of football, it's just not worth it to tie yourself to a situation in a sport where guys get injured. It doesn't mean guys aren't fairly compensated. Players love acting like everyone's getting screwed. Like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, if they had a devastating injury, they're still fine. They're still taken care of. But there's a reason you don't give guaranteed contracts in this sport. It's bad business. It's simply awful business. And Deshaun Watson is going to be the poster boy for that going forward. And the Houston Texans, a lot like Seattle a couple years, like when you want out of business with a quarterback, it's rare that you just get rid of that guy and he goes on to become Steve Young. Like those days feel kind of over. When you're good, you're on the team. Sometimes it happens in college, right? We saw it with Joe Burrow at Ohio State, goes to LSU, becomes a star. But I would say for the most part, in the pros, when you're good, Usually, and think about this, most of the good players, high character guys. Teams love being around you. Deshaun Watson's a walking, talking red flag. <laughs> you can't trust this guy out of the building. So the Houston Texans, uh, props to them for nailing this one. And if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, it just feels like same shit, different pile, man. How do we get so unlucky? What did we do to the football gods to deserve this? And my answer is I don't know, but I, I feel for you. Let's fly around the league a little bit. I saw, I heard Coward say this, and then I Googled it. Orlovsky, I, I don't know if he said it on GetUp or on Instagram, that uh, 
that Belichick is not going to be the Patriots' next head coach. It's already determined where he's going to go. And a lot of people think it's Washington. They're going to trade for him or whatever. Listen, Belichick's never going to be the Patriot coach after this season. It's over. And it's been pretty clear, I would say, the last month. Like, this ain't working. He's not going to be the coach. The Crafts are going to do to Belichick what Belichick did to every player he ever had. Be cutthroat. Like, it just, when you're trending the wrong way, get rid of you. Also, part of being a coach, like, you don't get to just be the coach forever. That's not how it works. Whether it's your message, whether you lose your fastball, whether you just need to change. I mean, part of this is like, you just watch the team. Like, Belichick, it's not that he's forgot everything about defensive football or about schemes or about how to get guys open or who to uh, who to take out on the other team in terms of the game plan. He just needs a change of scenery. Like, change of scenery, and I've been through it several times, is the healthiest thing you can do. It, it really is, whether it's a new relationship, whether it's a new job, whether it's moving. And that could be, you know, to a different neighborhood or could be to a different state. Could be to, you know, a new girlfriend or just breaking up with somebody. Sometimes change isn't just inevitable. It's a must if you want to grow, if you want to get your life back on track. And let's face it, Bill's football life is in fucking shambles. It's an embarrassment right now. So if I'm Bill Belichick, I wouldn't even... Now, I understand him, prideful, old guy, rich. He's not going to tap out, so I don't expect him to be like, I'm over it. But I do think, like, if he could take a step back, take a deep breath, it's time. This thing is... Something weird's going on. Uh, I, I, I do wonder if Frank Reich in Carolina is coaching for his job because... He took. He was the play caller to start the season. Then he gave it to his offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown. And then he's taken the play calling back. To me, this has crazy rich owner written all over it. And I think you have to wonder, is Frank the coach in 2024? Now, that'd be a lot of money. Uh, I, I would say the, the owner got off a little easy with Matt Rule because he got another job pretty quickly. Offsets doesn't owe him as much as he would have. Uh, Frank would not get another job in terms of being a head coach that would offset the money that I'm sure he paid him. But I couldn't even blame... Now, I blame Dave Tepper for hiring this guy in the first place. I would not have hired Frank Reich. But I can't blame him at the end of the season for firing everybody. Fire the GM, fire the coach, and just start fresh. Now, here's the problem. If you're a Panther fan, what faith would you have that David Tepper would get it right? Right? Think about the first time. What did he do? He went all in on Matt Rule. Now, in fairness to him, every fucking writer for The Athletic and SI.com was writing, Matt Rule's the next great NFL coach. And then he Googled his resume, he coached one year in the NFL as an assistant offensive line coach. You're like, well, are we sure? Like, Are we really sure? Like, what would tell us that Matt Rule is going to be the next great head coach? Because he's a good leader? Because he looks the part in a coaching outfit? Like, looking back, it's kind of crazy. Like, is he even a good college coach? Had an impressive year at Baylor. Is he going to win in Nebraska? I, I doubt it. Nowhere near what they think they're going to get. Give some pretty good pregame speeches that go on Instagram, but a lot of if I die, I die speeches go, and then you lose the game. So, I don't know. I think the Panthers got a lot of issues, and I, if I'm a Panther fan, I would be ready. If the, if you keep losing, newsflash, you're going to keep losing for Tepper to fire everybody. And um, something interesting I saw. Belichick, they cut Jack Jones, the corner, who last year looked like really good. Then he got in trouble, he got benched, and the Raiders claimed him. And then you Google it, you realize Antonio Pierce coached him in high school, 
coached them again at Arizona State. And Jack Jones is a very, very talented player. This to me, like the Raiders are getting back on brand. This is this is what they do. They take troubled people, and I mean the history of the franchise. And to me, Antonio Pierce is everything the Raiders want. He's just got to win now. Uh, you win a game like this week where you're a ten point underdog at Miami. Not a soul's gonna pick you. All of a sudden, like hell, you might be named the real coach by before the year's even over. But you got to win some real games. And uh, I, I like the Raiders kind of just embracing who they are. We're renegades. Everyone talks shit about us. We fucking hate authority. I kind of do too, so I can relate. But uh, I, I, I'm fascinated by the Raiders. And I, I think this week, that game against Miami uh, would go a long, long way for Antonio Pierce. Wouldn't shock me Antonio Pierce wins this three in a row. They're like Mark Davis just hires him full-time on Monday. Let's end with this. Let me just get this out of here because people will call me a hater and don't totally blame them. When when I got fired with the Eagles, I technically didn't have my contract renewed. Chip Kelly had taken over and brought in a guy that he knew. Now listen, that's t- 10 years ago. My life is dramatically better and became dramatically better several years after. And it, it led me to go on to the profession that I'm in now, which I'm much more suited to. Now at the time, it sucked. It was... Uh, embarrassing is probably the wrong word, but there's some of that. There, there's some just, you know, pity party that you throw when you're in your late 20s, an ambitious person, and you get fired. You know, contract not renewed, just let go, don't have a job for the first time in your life. And most people, everybody in my life doesn't work in the NFL. So they, you know, my mom, my dad, family, friends, like they don't quite understand. Like where I come from when you get fired because you're lazy, you're late, you're not good. You know, in football, you're hired to be fired. And new administration comes in, you get let go. It's it's a kick in the dick. So immediately after him, I definitely did not like the guy. As time goes on, I truly don't care. Now, I know a lot of people that I worked with in Philly. Some of them are still there. Some of them around. They can't stand the guy. So I, I've never been a fan because I don't think he's a great person. Like, he, he's not the type of guy that I associate with, that I like to know. Uh, I think once upon a time at Oregon, he was a fantastic coach. But rumors are that he's going to get fired at UCLA. Now, this is not, like, my take right now has zero agenda. I truly believe this. And the record reflects it. He's 33-33 and at UCLA, and he's 25-25 and in the Pac-12. And I think that represents his entire operation post everything that happened in Philly. Because I think at Oregon, he was a badass, and he was an ass kicker. I even think at Philly... He was all in. But I think ever since he got fired in Philly, the players turned on him. Even the version, the guy that the Niners had, has been a mail-it-in guy. Got super rich, got anointed, and has never cared since. I don't think he gave a shit about one game at the 49ers. I know, I was there. I watched it. it they won two games. They had the worst defense in the history of the franchise. Even at UCLA, like when they win or they lose, I do not think he cares. I think he is completely indifferent, right? Lincoln Riley, for example, is having an awful year for the expectations. When they lose, I do believe it devastates him. It really, really hurts. Like Deion Sanders, when he's losing games at Colorado, I think he does not like it. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, all the coaches around the country who are really famous. Ryan Day, Harbaugh, like they care a lot about the program. 
I, I, I think Chip Kelly is going through the motions, and I think he's been doing it for years. I've been saying forever, you cannot take this guy into the Big Ten. This is not, you're not playing the fucking Pac-12 anymore. You're not playing ASU and, you know, before Dion got there, Colorado and Arizona before Fish got there. This ain't it. Every team you're playing, even if they're overrated, truly gives a shit. Like Luke Fickle, his effort. Matt Rule, his effort. Whether the teams are good or not, they're all in. And their coach is all in. Chip Kelly's not an all-in guy. You had to remove him. And to me, there's one option. The dude's from Los Angeles. He coaches a style that will translate in the Big Ten. It's Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, who played quarterback there with Chad Johnson in the late 90s, early 2000s, then went on to coach and be an assistant for Chris Peterson at Boise in Washington before going to Oregon State. He currently has Oregon State in the top 15. Now, there's a decent chance they lose their last two games. They play Washington this week and then Oregon. But to me, that's a no-brainer hire. He's from Los Angeles, and, and guess what? He truly gives a shit. He, he actually cares. Football still means everything to him. Now, I don't think that Chip Kelly doesn't like care as much about football, but in terms of like the program, the whole thing, like part of being a college football coach, like Jim Harbaugh, you know, Colin talks about this a lot, is not getting on his knees and giving all the big boosters a circle jerk. That's not his deal. You can do that when you're kicking ass and taking names, right? Ryan Day, probably doing that a lot. Right? Some of these coaches probably doing that a lot. Sarkeesian doing that a lot. That's part of being a college coach. Right? Chip Kelly, you can't go 33 and 33 and 25 and 25 in your career in the conference at the school and not do all the other stuff. This is not the pros. It can't just be all about ball. These guys also go to school. Right? The boosters pay for all the shit. They cut checks for your salary. And he doesn't care about any of that, which he'd get away with once upon a time at Oregon. But in 2023, Given his ROI as a coach, no. And he's never going to change. Not with the level of wealth he has now. So to me, I would have fired him a couple years ago, but he kind of just felt like they gave them some credibility. They weren't a disaster. You cannot take this guy in the Big Ten. You absolutely cannot. So if the rumors are true, it's not just the right move, but now it's about getting the right guy. And to me, Jonathan Smith... I wouldn't even interview anyone else. He would be the guy I would circle, I would hire, and we'd go into the Big Ten with Jonathan Smith. Hot take, you know, I don't think there's that big a difference between Jonathan Smith and Lincoln Riley. I really don't. Another hot take, the mindset and the way Jonathan Smith thinks about football is what translates to wins. Defense, physicality. Like, Lincoln likes quarterbacks and scoring points. Hates defense. Like, Jonathan Smith cares about defense. Cares about running the ball down your throat with a quarterback under center. Reminds me of Dan Lanning and and Dubor. Like, those guys are going to translate to the Big Ten. Chip Kelly was never going to translate to the Big Ten. Honestly, Lincoln might struggle if he doesn't fucking figure it out and get a defensive coordinator. But uh, UCLA, let's let's go hire the right guy now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We're diving into the mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Easiest way to get your show or question answered here on the show? Fire in those DMs. Just my name. Start with Paul. First time DMer. I was curious to get your thoughts on the following. Let's just say, for the sake of discussion, that Antonio Pierce ends up not being the Raiders coach next season. Who are some of the smart, progressive, and creative minds that you would interview if you were Mark Davis? I mean specifically, young up-and-coming coaches like Mike McDaniels. Here's the problem. They've done that. They they just kind of did that. You know, Josh McDaniels was supposed to be this kind of young, innovative guy who already had experience, ton of championship pedigree, and it backfired. Now, you could say there were definitely red flags, right? The Indianapolis situation. But I I think the Denver situation, people gave him a pass in the sense that it was so long ago, he was so young, and they tried it. Like, are they going to go with Ben Johnson, the OC for the Detroit Lions? You know, I don't know if the Raiders are really in position to do that again. He's in Vegas, new arena. They haven't had much success. I think he'd be more likely to kind of go retready. Um, you know, obviously the best retread of probably, and retread's even the wrong way. A guy that has been a longtime head coach, because Andy Reid wasn't a retread. He had just got fired. But like that version of a guy, uh, and I think in recent memory, it's been guys that haven't had as much success Ron Rivera in Washington. I would say Frank Reich right now in Indianapolis. He needs to get the train on the tracks. And he did that with uh, with Jack Del Rio years ago, and it worked. They were really, really shitty. Jack got there. I think they went 7-9 next year. If Derek hadn't broke his ankle, they would have won the division. So I, I think he's going to try to not outthink the room here. Jim Harbaugh makes a ton of sense. Right, if Jim would come, if if you could afford him, uh, to me that's a no-brainer. I think Coward said this. A lot of people, 
he guarantees you to win. He's four for four. There's no chance you lose. Now, I'm not saying you win the Super Bowl, but that ain't the Raiders' bar. You just go back-to-back playoff appearances, back-to-back 10-win seasons. That's, I mean, that'd, be, that'd be incredible. That's, that's as good as it gets in Raiderland. So I, I think Mark either tr- attempts to do that, which I'm sure he's probably sniffing around right now, or he, you know, that's where I think Antonio Pierce is the safest. Player has been assistant coach now for a while. Players respect him. I also think that can give you a little breathing room, right? Let's just say they go 8-9 and or 9-8. and You can give Antonio Pierce and Champ Kelly like three-year deals. You know, Mark's handed out 10-year deal to Gruden, six-year deal to Josh McDaniels. It's very expensive to get in that game when you don't have a good... When you don't feel great about who you're going to hire. And I don't know, like, I don't know if this... Uh, cycle is great. Now, you could say that Doug Peterson is a guy a couple, last year that went to Jacksonville. Like, that that type coach uh, that has coached somewhere before, that you feel comfortable, that has had a little success. Uh, ideally, you know, Super Bowl success, but you, you just... I, I don't know. You, you got to... You just got to get someone that knows what they're doing, right? And Josh McDaniels didn't know what he was doing because he can't get along with anybody. Some of the stories you hear are like, what? This is crazy. But it's kind of who he is. For the mailbag, can you list all the teams you think need a quarterback in the first round in 2024 and break down why they need to not fuck it up? Well, I I think some of them are extremely obvious, right? Uh, The Chicago Bears, they are 100% taking a quarterback. Fields hasn't been reliable and he hasn't been good enough to keep. They're taking a quarterback. The New York Giants, taking a quarterback. I think the Green Bay Packers, taking a quarterback. The New England Patriots, taking a quarterback. Now, here's the thing. I, I'm recording this. Draymond Green just got suspended five games. Now, if you think what he did was a little egregious, okay. But five games, I mean, what what are we fucking doing? This, I think Adam Silver easily is the worst commissioner of my lifetime. Like, to me, he runs circles around Manfred and Bud C. League in terms of incompetence. But the media, like, kind of vibes with his politics and really likes him, and he texts a lot of them. Adam, if Adam Silver would have taken over the NBA when David Stern did in the mid-'80s, I think the NBA would have gone bankrupt. I, I think it would have failed. It never would have became what it became. But I guess ultimately what I'm saying is, like, part of the NBA tanking is a big part of that culture, and it's been a huge part of the culture on Adam Silver's watch. That's why they've lost half their audience. In the NFL, it's just not part of the culture. It just is not. Coaches won't do it. Players won't stop trying. It's it's impossible to half-ass an NFL game. Maybe you can quit. When I say quit, like half-ass it in the fourth quarter of a big blowout. But you can't just walk into a game and not try. You'll get hurt. So you can't. New England stinks. The Giants stink. All these teams stink. But they can randomly win a game. Right, they they can win a game they shouldn't win because they're gonna keep trying. Uh, so Belichick ain't Dayball. None of these guys are gonna stop. Lafleur. It's just it's just not wired in these guys. So I could say what they need to do to not fuck it up, not win games. Because I I'm also not a proponent of tanking in the NFL, but I do believe once you establish you're awful, like the Patriots, the Giants, you guys are awful, awful. Right? I, I don't think the Packers are any good. You're not any good losing once you get past Thanksgiving. Like, there's no point in winning. 
I'm, I'm never a proponent of like, oh, just tank the season. Tank to get Caleb or tank to get Lawrence. I mean, both those two guys, I think we'd both all agree, a little overrated. Suck for luck. That one nailed it, right? That was well worth it. But these other guys, remember, tank for Tua? So you, you can't play that game. The other thing that's different in basketball is like, yeah, Victor Wembyama stays healthy. He's going to be pretty good. Like, if Shaquille O'Neal's in the draft, like, yeah, it's worth getting the number one pick. Like, you kind of know. Like, LeBron James, you know, Anthony Davis. Some of them, they vary on their greatness, but you can't argue that that guy's going to have a major impact. And quarterback, you never know. Like, God, I mean, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance went second and third in a draft. Neither guy can play dead in the Western. Think about that. Uh, Huge Chiefs fan. It's tough not to see the struggles of the offense. It's tough to see the... Uh, struggles on the offensive side of the ball. Nick Wright says they are basically still the same team, but after 9-10 weeks, the offense is still struggling. Even more so in the second half of games. What do you think is causing the rift from last year when they arguably had a worse receiving core? Why, If I remember correctly, was it last year or two years ago that Mahomes went on the crazy turnover streak? I think it was last year, but might have been two years ago when Tyreek was still on the team. Like last year, who, none of it matters. They, they won the freaking Super Bowl. And to me, the most important thing they have for them, like, okay, your offense is going to struggle some games. Maybe all season. Who cares? You got a really good defense, and you got Patrick Mahomes. I like your chances. You're going to be favored against everybody in the NFL, especially if you have home field advantage in the AFC. You will be favored in every game. Right? Obviously, big test Monday night against the Eagles. You'll be fascinating to watch. But your defense is legit. Like, part of having a great defense, usually don't see, like, hey, 85 Bears had the second-rated offense in the league. That's usually not how it works. There's a little bit of a give and take. Travis, getting a little older, deeply in love. And, again, he's just, it's a little harder to be dominant on offense when you drafted some young wide receivers. I kind of like the Rice guy. I'd say Sky Moore hasn't blossomed into probably what they were hoping. Uh, They're probably second best skill guy beside Kelsey is a running back and coach Reed's a passing coach. So if, if Pacheco played for Kyle Shanahan, he might lead the league in rushing, but that's not really Andy's MO as a play caller. You guys are going to be fine. Like would I put my life savings on you guys to win the Super Bowl? No. Is there a chance you lose in a playoff game? Of course there is. But if I'm you guys, do I like my chances? Let's not forget A lot of the Patriot teams over the years, like the 07 Patriots, did not win the Super Bowl. A lot of the teams that had some flaws, especially in the mid-teens and early on before, obviously, Brady became Brady, like sometimes you win, it's not your sexiest squad. Right? The sexiest squad you guys had didn't win the Super Bowl. You could argue that first year when Mahomes won the MVP, in the year you guys lost to, uh, to Tom Brady, obviously you lost the two offensive tackles, but... My nose is itching. It's funny. When you get really high standards, right, when you're, we talk about this in baseball, like Yankees or Dodgers, winning 100 games is kind of irrelevant. It's like, do you win playoff series? That's why when the Yankees miss the playoffs, everyone's ready to burn the building down. When you're the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, they're the only team in the NFL that's Super Bowl or bust. They're the only team in the NFL that when the season ends and they don't win the Super Bowl, you literally say it was a disappointment. Right when the, if the Eagles go to the Super Bowl again and lose, 
it's going to suck. And I say this all the time. Same thing with the Niners. Like, they were not Super Bowl or bust coming into the season. Last time I checked, none of the Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, none of these guys have won them. Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. It's fucking Andy and Mahomes are the new Belichick and Brady. Just like Nick Saban or Kirby Smart. There are two coaches in the country that it's a national championship or bust in college football. Not Brian Kelly, not Harbaugh, not Ryan Day, not definitely not Lincoln Riley. It's Kirby and Nick Saban. It's a disappointment if you're not playing for the national championship and winning it. No one else can say that. Like if you make the playoffs, if Dan Lanning makes the playoffs at Oregon, incredible accomplishment. Same thing with Washington, same thing with Texas, same thing with Florida State. Honestly, Michigan, Ohio State, now there's pressure on them to win a game. Uh, definitely Harbaugh, probably more than Ryan Day. But you, you, I don't know, man. You just, they're only, like, only Tiger can be disappointed when he doesn't win a major in his prime. No one else really can. Uh, John, why you hate Ohio and Ohio State? I'm from Columbus, live near Michigan border. It kind of pisses me off when you shit on us and Ryan Day. I've always appreciated the Ohio State program. Like a lot of the players, uh, whenever I see A.J. Hawk on TV with McAfee, like A.J. Hawk, like, like Dante Whitner, love Dante Whitner, Dustin Fox, my guy, uh, I like watching C.J. Stroud, like a lot of your players. I just hate Ryan Day. Can't stand him. I, I can't stand looking at him. I root against him as a coach. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily hate your program because historically your program has stood for what I've liked. Defense, tough running game, just beat the shit out of you. You guys have a high-level football program. You could argue over the last 30 years, the best program in the country, right? You'd say over the last 10, obviously Alabama. Over the last five, it's Georgia. But over the last 20, it's probably Ohio State uh, when you factor in draft picks. I mean, it's just a dominant program. But I, I just don't like your coach. Born, on, I, I'm, a, I'm a Harbaugh guy, born on third base. Uh, I think Urban's a clown. Though, listen... I, can't, I think Urban's one of the biggest D-bags ever. Big-time coach. Ryan Day a big-time coach? I don't know. I, I, I think something about him I don't like. Sometimes you just don't like people. That's the other thing. This is sports. You don't have to like everybody. I fucking can't stand the Lakers. Don't like LeBron. Right? Who else do I not like? Uh, don't really like Deshaun Watson. Um, let's find an NFL coach I don't like. Kind of indifferent on a lot of NFL coaches. Uh, you just don't like some people. What's, what's wrong with that? I don't like Patrick Cantlay on the PGA Tour. Uh, Xander's starting to bother me. I mean, sometimes you just don't like people. It's part, it's part of life. And it's not like I d- like think that much about it. I just know when I see Ryan Day on my television, I root against him. And most times, I'm, I'm, it's not... But I'm also not an idiot. Like, when you're on TV against 90% of your opponents, like, I know you're going to win. So I don't stand there, like, rooting for you to lose because I know you're not going to lose. But when you play Michigan, I'm rooting for Michigan. I hope Michigan beats the shit out of you. Just a fact. With the Harbaugh situation, does NIL make NCAA sanctions obsolete? Who cares if they lose a few scholarships if they can pay players? I don't see why the NCAA isn't obsolete as we speak. What do they bring to the table? Why does college football need the NCAA? A little more complicated in college basketball because they run and own the NCAA tournament. But in college football... They don't run the conferences. They definitely don't run the playoffs. Obviously, they govern the conferences, but why do you allow them to? 
right? How does that make any sense? It's not one of those things where I can complain about taxes all day long. It is what it is. I'm not going to be the lone guy that gets out of it, right? Now, I can manipulate it, 1099 guy, have some good write-offs, make a little, you know, it's part of life, but you're never going to get away out of it. I can't just leave, say, you know, I'm going to live in Scottsdale, Arizona, but I don't have to follow any of the rules from the U.S. government. That's never going to happen. But if you're the Big Ten and the SEC, why don't you guys look at each other and just say, tell the NCAA to kiss our ass. We're not listening to anything you say. We don't care about you. So Mark Emmerich, I don't even know if he's still running. Whoever runs it and all of his moronic loser helpers, you can shoot us emails. You can pretend we give a shit about anything you say. We simply do not. And what control do you have over any of us? You don't have any. So adios. See you later. We don't need you to negotiate television contracts. We don't need you to play the games. And we definitely don't need you to run the playoffs. So get out of our way. See you later. That's what I would do. So I, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the NCAA is in trouble in general. Do you think there is ever there ever was a college football team that would beat an NFL team of their same time period? You know, we had this argument for a long period of time. Uh, had a lot in basketball when some of those tanking teams and everyone's argument was always like, well, they're all pros. And I remember Sam Hinkie had a team of like, well, I don't know if a lot of these guys are pros. Now, the argument in the NFL, the shittiest team still is 53 guys are all professional athletes. And let's just pick some of the sweet teams in college football of my life. Because uh, to me, it would have to be a complete team. That LSU team was incredible on offense. And I think they could definitely score on NFL teams with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson. Uh, who am I missing? Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Clyde, Randy Moss's kid. But I don't know defensively if they would be at the same level as some of those like peak Miami teams, maybe some of those peak Ohio State teams, some of the peak USC teams. Now, the difference, though, is like if I have uh, one of those peak Miami teams, like <clears throat> Ed Reed and all those guys, or one of those peak USC teams in the mid-2000s with Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush, and or even the Maluga teams, probably a little better on defense, those guys get bigger <clears throat> and stronger as they get older. So when you're a really good player at 21 or 22 and you're going to be a pro, you're going to be a just stronger athlete at 25, 26. Now... I'd have to think about some of the awful teams. I remember a running joke when I was at college that USC could beat the 49ers. And this was after the 49ers run and kind of ended. Uh, Mike Nolan became their head coach, and they were awful. I mean, they were competing. They did have the number one pick. They got Alex Smith. And Pete Carroll refused to leave USC to take the job. So, so uh, you know, I I would have the take of, depending on who the coach was, I'd have to really look at the roster. I think there would be a chance. Basketball, 100% it could happen. If you get the right college team against some of these teams over the years that literally were rolling out like random average G-leaguers, like no pros, 100%. Football, a little more difficult, but I, I think it'd have to be the perfect team, probably one of those Miami teams where literally every guy's a first or second rounder. Or some of those Pete Carroll USC teams where it's like their defense is elite. And they'd have to play an awful NFL team. But if you think about it this year, like uh, let's pick an awful NFL team. The Bears or the Carolina Panthers. Like they're not getting beat by a college team. You got to be worse than them. They're lo- or the Giants. 
Right. Now, the Giants with Tommy DeVito, like Tommy DeVito, it's not like he was lighting anyone up in college, right? But if you give the Giants Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, they're beating the best college team. Like last, I guess two years ago, that Georgia team. Basically, every guy in that Georgia defense, I think 14 of... 14 out of the uh, more than more than 11 of their starters got drafted on defense over a two-year period, right? I think 14 guys, and all starters, and the majority of them got drafted in the top couple rounds. So could that team go toe to toe with like that defense of two years ago when it had everybody? Like last year, obviously they had Jalen, but two years ago with the Jalen and the Deans and uh, uh, Quay Walker and the dude Bulky took. With uh, the number one pick, what I'm forgetting his name. Is his name Walker? No, Walker's that's on the on the Packers. Uh, what's the dude's name on the on the Jags? But like that whole group, could they give this version of the Indianapolis Colts and Bryce Young and Frank a run for their money? Just offense versus defense, 100. percent If you don't think that, you're a fucking moron. Like all those guys went to the pros immediately. Start. I mean, Jalen Carter's like an impact player. All the other guys, starters. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? The middle linebacker, Dean, for the Eagles, who injured now, like, second-year starts for the Eagles. Team that was just in the Super Bowl. I mean, these guys, it's not just we're starting on nobody teams. That's the other thing. Like, who do you start for? Do you start on the shittiest team in the league, or do you start for, like, playoff teams? And you start looking around, like, ah, oh, they're starting a lot of playoff teams. Hell, the Eagles have, like, four of them. The Eagles have literally, like, four of them. The Packers have a couple of them. So... I think the matchups, but overall win a game, I'd have to really dive into it. That's a good question. I hate the argument from, like, media nerd. Like, no way! It's not possible! It's not possible! Shut the fuck up. Do you think Trevor Lawrence will succeed in the NFL and win a playoff game for the Jags? Longtime Jags fan, really need something. I'm losing hope for the Super Bowl. Also, what do you believe is wrong? Do you believe it's Press Taylor, the OC, the O-line, Trevor's poor decision-making? I think on Sunday, when you guys played the Niners, I think the Niners were beating every team in the league. They were coming off three losses. They're coming off a bye. Everyone is laughing at them. They're, they're about to fire their defensive coordinator. They add Chase Young. That team showed up to annihilate somebody. Because they were embarrassing for two straight weeks on defense. Cousins, who still leads the NFC in touchdowns, he's got 18. But he, slightly, he looked like Peyton Manning. And then what Joe Burrow did to them, I think it was just a perfect storm. Now, your offense to me had looked pretty good before that in most games besides Kansas City, but your offensive line got beat like a drum. They could not block any of those guys. Now, here's the other thing. When you get hit as a quarterback, I don't care if you're Tom Brady or if you're Baker Mayfield, it's going to rattle you. I feel like Trevor Lawrence really gets rattled. You hit Patrick and some of the other top quarterbacks, Lamar, Listen, you might cause a turnover or whatever, but they come right back. Trevor, that once they really start hitting them, definitely down the early in the second half, is like, what is going on here? This this doesn't look like some elite player. That's why everyone was kind of shitting on him. So you, you have to get better uh, when you are when you're not playing your best game and things aren't going right. So right to be a good golfer, what makes guys on the PGA Tour is not that they can shoot sixty five. It's when they're sprinted all over the place, they can still shoot 73 or 72, right? Like, it's what makes a great pitcher. When you don't have, when you don't know where the ball's going, I can still give you five five innings. I can still give up just two runs and get us to the bullpen, right? It's not when I'm humming and I'm a pro athlete. 
whether you're a tennis player, whether you're a golfer, whether you're a football player, like especially if you're a talented one, you're going to look good. What happens when it's not going well? It's, it's, mo- it's why most of us that aren't athletes professionally, you got to handle that business-wise, right? When, when shit's hitting the fan, can you keep your head up? Can you plow through it? Can you figure out a way to get on to the other side of the river? Or do you sink? Do you just wave the white flag? And I think that separates a lot of people, whether it's sports, whether it's business, whether it's life. It's because it's easy to kind of tap out or just go into the go into the tank. And I think that's one thing Trevor Lawrence clearly has to improve on. A lot of talk about the Steelers hanging on for dear life, being super lucky and just not good. But what if this is just who they are? The roster on defense is constructed with guys who make big splash plays, and we lead the league in turnovers. We have a two-headed monster. Two-headed monster sounds like... I'm not the biggest Najee Harris guy. I think Warren's a lot better. But is it possible that this team isn't lucky or no good, but actually performing exactly how it was designed? I saw uh, my guy Cam Hayward, who our, our producer here, James, works with at Omaha, and he's obviously come on the show. And I see a lot of his clips on my social media feed, and he kind of went on this little rant. And he was kind of pissed off. He's like, everyone keeps saying... We're overrated. We win ugly. He's like, what What the fuck is the whole point of this sport? It's not to put up 40 points. It's not to run for 800 yards. not to have seven sacks. It's literally you play a game, do you win or do you lose in pro football? College football is a little bit because of rankings and, uh, you know, the playoffs only get four teams. It's about how you look. It does not matter. So if the Steelers this week play DTR and win the game against the Browns, Let's say, let's say they win the game 17 to 15. It's like, God, they barely got by the Browns with their backup rookie quarterback. Do you know what doesn't matter? How it looked. Because they'd be seven and three. They'd be like, well, we're going to the playoffs. Now, I, I where I do think it comes into play, like, are you gonna win a playoff game that way? And maybe they will. <clears throat> like you said, maybe this is just not just who they are, but they're comfortable winning those games. One thing I know about I'll give you an example, the 49ers. The 49ers, if they're gonna win, win by like 20, 30 points. But they've been in three tough games this year, and they've lost them all. It was ugly. You just got to find a way. Just win by a field goal. Win by one point. Just figure it out. Just dig yourself out of the hole. And they can't do it. The Steelers are comfortable in that environment. And I think in football, in the NFL, in college football, in Power 5, in the playoffs, in your big games, you got to be comfortable in that environment. Right? And ideally, would you rather win by 10 than 2? Of course. But they, they are, they're very comfortable doing that. And Cam's whole thing was, who cares? Why does it matter? It would matter if we were three and six and we were losing ugly. Like, God, he could have won all these games. But they fucking won the games. And that's what I talked about earlier in the week. It's like the greatness of Mike Tomlin. It's the whole point. It's why he never has a losing record. Because he never loses those spots. This is another question on Trevor Lawrence. Listen, I, I think the jury, he's got a lot of pressure on him. That he's playing in these big games, he's going to be in the playoffs again, and he's going to be matched up against really good quarterbacks, just like last year. And he was so bad in that first half. And then he turned it, he, you know, he flipped a switch, and he threw all those touchdowns in the second half, and they beat the Chargers. So to me, it's all going to come down to how he plays in these bigger games. That game, he got his ass kicked. But the whole team did. You know, to me, it, it's one thing if it's just one guy, but I, I, I just think he's got a lot on the line. 
And if he wants a contract extension after three years, he better really flip the switch. To me, if he doesn't flip the switch, you're not paying him yet. A good player. I'm glad to have him. But this notion that every guy has to get paid at the earliest possible moment, no, it's not the case. As a devoted Seahawks fan, I must say that I like the strategies we've have implemented the last couple years during the draft. However, I am curious to hear your opinion regarding the quarterback position. It is quite evident that Geno is not the solution. I agree. If you were John Schneider's position with what seems like a young, talented team, what course of action would you recommend? Uh, I, I would say this. I think you're heavily evaluating all the college quarterbacks. Clearly, like Drake, May, and Caleb aren't going to be available. But the next three to eight guys. So would we be willing to trade up? Would we be willing to take one of these guys in the second round that we view as a starter while we have Geno on the team so there's not super amount of pressure of him to start right away? Then I think you canvas the land of who else is available, right? Would we trade a first-round pick for Kyler Murray? Probably wouldn't do that after going through it with Russ. Kirk Cousins is going to be available. Probably doesn't make much sense off an Achilles. Like, there doesn't, it's really the draft or nothing. And I think that they, probably like they did last year, just like they will do again this year, I think they will evaluate those guys very, very thoroughly. And uh, I almost expect them to draft a guy. I, I really do. Okay, adios. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will be back with a podcast after the big Thursday night game, Ravens. And uh, I almost said Ravens and the Bengals. Very, very excited. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, let's buckle up. Big AFC North showdown. See you soon. Adios. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.